Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, we live. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Say what needs to be said. I'm a son taste, Mr. Pick Six Samuel, your host, your super host. You got my super co-host. Talk to him. What's your Elton name? E. Elton E. P. Patterson. <laughs> hey, hey, here <laughs> on a good. Salute. Hey, first of all, man, right, right. First of all, Merry Christmas out there, man. On this good Christmas morning, man. Like, yeah, man. How, Merry how, how your morning Merry going Christmas. so far, brother? How your morning going? Turn turn your volume up a little bit or something. Turn okay. your volume up on your computer or something. Okay, I got you. I'll talk a little louder. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. We about to get into it. We came to y'all on Christmas Day. Talk to us in the chat. We live in the chat. What y'all want to hear, what y'all want to talk about. But how y'all Christmas going? How everybody Christmas going? Mine going pretty good. I had a little breakfast, had some pancakes right now. I had some pancakes. And then we're going to get into the dinner. That's what I'm waiting. The ultimate <laughs> feast, the dressing, the turkey, and all that good stuff. What's you know what's what I mean? the favorite? What's the favorite on what top three on on the dinner part with the with the turkey dress and all of that? Uh top three. Number one, fried turkey. Number two, dressing. And then number three, just add the cranberry sauce to the okay. dressing. And all right, I'm, go I'm good like that. that. You feel me? Yep. Can't go. But let's wrong. get into it. Let's get into it. Week sixteen, winners and losers. Like I say, I'm your host, Mr. Pick Six Samuel Asante, Mr. Pick Six Samuel, and that's Elton EP. Patterson over there, the well-renowned entrepreneur, got a lot going on. So week, week 16 winners and losers, right? Let's get into this Browns versus Texas game. How did Joe Flacco ever remain an unsigned free agent? Makes no sense to me, all right? He was on the couch at home for a little while. Either he needed a break or teams scouting department needed needs to be reevaluated because there's no way he should have been on been on shouldn't been on a team from the start of the season right and this cleveland browns team reminds me of the super bowl winning 2000 ravens all over again if y'all don't remember the super bowl winning 2000 ravens they were that defense was crazy right and this team is starting to remind me of them right same quarterback scenario as the ravens that led by that was led by trent dilfer right after the starting quarterback tony banks was injured and you know, they had one of the best defense to ever play the game, led by Mr. Ray Lewis himself, right? They held four teams to zero points that season and allowed a tiny 10.3 points per game, right? Now, I'm not saying the Browns are as good as the 2000 Ravens, but they are damn good, you know what I mean? They play really good on defense. And they have the same formula, running the ball. That year at the Ravens, Jamal Lewis was there. He was a rookie. He went for over 1,300 yards. And I, they had Priest Holmes too, but Priest Holmes was getting older and all that stuff. So what do y'all think about that part? Because I think the Cleveland Browns are right along right there with the 2,000 Baltimore Ravens. They play the same caliber football, really good on defense. Like I said, I'm not saying that. Cleveland Browns defense is as good as the 2000 Ravens, but it's close. You know what I mean? What do you think about that, brother? How do you feel about that? Man, I think the Browns are, they came along strong. Um, now, what's unfortunate is they got a $200 million quarterback that's out right now, right? And they're winning without that. What do you do when you pay someone that much money and now they're not even playing and your team is winning? And um, to piggyback off of Joe Flacco, I think he's doing a heck of a job, man. This dude's stats were 27 for 38, 368 yards. He made a lot of people some fantasy money. Like, whoever went out there and said, I'm going to bet on Joe Flacco that he's just going to get 200 yards, they made a lot of money yesterday in that in that fantasy world, man. The dude was lights out out there. He, But more important than this being the stats, he was actually reading, picking defenses apart. He was... He was doing everything, bro. Like that that game was amazing. What Joe Flacco he has did. A, he has a big arm, and to come off the couch, like I'm saying, come off the couch. Teams overlooked you. Didn't think you could even be a third string quarterback on the team, and come throw for 368 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, he had a couple of interceptions. Is necessary, but mm -hmm. to be able to do that, that says a lot in that player. And like I said, 
teams need to reevaluate their scouting department and, and, and make some changes because no way in the world all these backup quarterbacks we see him playing and he was still at home as an unsigned free agent. You know what I mean? But well, yeah, you so know, that, um, that, that, do you that remember? Mm-hmm. No, remember, excuse me, but a few days, no, a few weeks ago, do you remember this conversation? It sounds so outdated now with RG3. And he was on there and he kind of threw some shade like, y'all signed Joe Flacco. I'm ready. Oh, I can, you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Wow. So RG3 was telling the Cleveland Browns, sign him when um Deshaun Watson and I think the other quarterback got hurt. He was like, sign him and he will come get it done for Cleveland Browns. Basically saying, whoever else y'all signing won't get it done the way I'm going to get it done. And yeah, like you said, that was that was a little... Uh, Little, little couple shots fired right there, man. But right. but, what you think? What you think? RG RG three could have did a better job. No, no, no. I I think it's two caliber quarterbacks. Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl already. I think sometimes you can just go in and um the quarterback position is cerebral. So you're thinking, you're reading, you're doing things, and sometimes a, a step away from the game, you can come back in and light it up. Now here's the challenge for Cleveland. As you know, you've been in the league for a while. Is that it's a, he was a surprise quarterback for this week? Like, whoa, Joe Flacco. They don't know any of his tendencies or whether he liked to throw to the left, right? You know, they had to go dig. Once they get this film in on him and they study a little bit and some formations and tendencies, then he's put the test. But most times, new quarterbacks in the system mid year, it'll throw a lot of teams off. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, you got to grab, got to be able to get a lot of data to know how to play these quarterbacks because they come in and surprise you and you're not used to playing this type of football that this quarterback presents. And yeah, but like you said, so what if Joe Flacco leads the the Cleveland Browns to a Super Bowl? What does the future look like for Deshaun Watson? As an agent, you're telling me, you tell me as an agent, he has a guaranteed contract. What does the future look like for Deshaun Watson, if Joe Flacco leads into the Super Bowl. As an agent, I'm looking at this situation for Deshaun. Like, this is not that great. And the reason why, because the market is so high. It's similar to the real estate market, bro. If you buy a house too much and the, and, and the market crash, you stuck with negative equity, right? So, yeah. for instance, um, Deshaun Watson is negative equity right now. $50 million a year negative equity. And I think I don't want to even say it's him. I do think with the quarterback quarterback market going through the roof in the past few years, I think um, it's out it's out producing itself. Like it's 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 extremely hard. Like when you pay a quarterback fifty millions, like you're thinking Super Bowl, right? We're not thinking mm-hmm. all right season. You're coming in thinking Super Bowl. So do you think it's going to be a problem going forward? with paying, like, the next quarterback that come out, do you think it's going to be a problem? Like, maybe not 50, maybe 30 million a year because a lot of the big-name quarterbacks aren't, they may be doing all right, but they're not necessarily Super Bowl contenders, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Shout-out to the to the vegan barber, Ricky. Uh, Merry Christmas, my brother. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to the vegan barber. But, yeah, man, I think this is going to be a ripple effect Uh you know, it's good opportunity for players to be able to get fully guaranteed contracts. And now you have a situation like this where teams won't will be a little more hesitant to give out these type of contracts that are truly blessings for us because of, you know, his play. But I, it's not just his play. It's a mentality you have to have. Right. Because I believe I believe in Deshaun Watson. I believe in him. Right. And sometimes, you know, people just need time to reflect on the past. And, and, you know, I think that's the, the situation for Deshaun Watson. He's reflecting. He's going to be able to reflect on this season. I think he's going to bounce back and become a different player, right? Even if Joe Flacco leads this team and and uh, and be very successful, I think Deshaun Watson will come back with a vengeance and come back strong and hard because I, I believe him. He has everything it takes. He can run the ball with his feet. He's creative with his arm, creative with his feet. And like you say, you're getting paid. It's a new life. It's a new city. Need time to adjust. He had uh, what he had over twenty lawsuits. Man, that t- mm-hmm. that stuff take a mental toll on you. So, like, I'm a believer in Deshaun Watson, man. And if y'all don't believe in it, he gonna prove y'all wrong. He gonna prove y'all wrong, man. Right. But uh, as for the Texans, right? As for the Texans, they had a few chances. They had a few chances to put themselves in a good position to win. 
Um, but you know, they had they had a backup quarterback in. They did good with a backup quarterback. I like what D'Amico Ryan is doing as the head coach. But you know, cornerback, I'm a cornerback. Gotta mm. give a shout out to Derek Stingley, man. Derek Stingley, he is playing lights out, right? The second half of the season. He is playing lights out. And um, I I I think he's up there as the top cornerback of this uh the top cornerback in the NFL this season, along with uh, Deron Bland and a few other people, but Stingley might be making a case for the top cornerback this season. He's playing really, really good ball on the second half of the season. Um, you know, the first half of the season, he wasn't getting tested too much, not too much production. Um, but I like what I'm seeing from that defense and Derek Stingley, man. Now, on the other hand, your client, we got a, you had a big bright spot from your client. He ran, he ran a 98. Yard kick return back for a touchdown, right? Wow, did yeah. you see that? How did that feel, bro? That's your client right there. Man, it's <laughs> going through the roof. First of all, let me be honest with you. Tell him who your client, client is first. My client, Damian Pierce, um, number 31, Houston Texans, right? And um, he's been splitting some reps here. He had a great rookie year, outstanding rookie year, had run of the year last year in the NFL. Uh, um, new coach, new system, so... He's been splitting some reps, but all of a sudden he went in on a kickoff return, which caught me off guard for 98 yards. And they always have questions with Damien, like, is he a power runner? Can he do this? He just showed his versatility to be able to go out and run a kickoff back for 98 yards. And then don't get this, don't get this twisted. He had four or five returns for 178 yards. You know, so we can dig into... What this whole the, year, this whole season? No, yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> right? It wasn't just that one kickoff return. He went almost to two hundred on return yards, my brother. Jeez, right? And so that running, definitely that helped stuff, his stock. Right, he helped his stock. He he solidified some stuff, man. And I'm thinking he's just building his way. And he's a young guy, man. He's rookie year last year, coaching change. So he's still growing. He's still developing. And um, the bright the future is bright with Damien, man. I'm proud. Yeah, of Yeah, the future is bright. His his uh, his uh rookie year, he almost rushed for a thousand yards. He was close right. to, I think he had like 986 or something like that. Or he, he missed four games. Missed four huh? games to injury. Missed four games to injury. And he missed four games, so he's definitely one of those running backs that uh that are NFL ready. Now this year is not going so good, but that's a part of of being a young player. You got to learn how to adjust. Adapt, adapt to adversity, deal with the injuries and things like that. So we're looking forward to Damien, man, and um, right. the future. Right. I, hey, I got my money on the Texans to win the division in the future next season. Right. Next season, to be exact. I like the Texans to win the division. I don't know what you say. I know your client no. there, but I, I know, and I'm not biased at it on all with them. But I like the team. I think they're solid, man. You got to think they're competing right now, even with their quarterback that came. C.J. Stroud's been out for a couple of weeks. And they're still competing. And just to piggyback real quick on Derek Stingley Jr., you know how some people say they're good or some people put themselves up there? I like watching actual technique, right? And the past few weeks, his jump ball skill, he's just an athletic guy. Like the way he can run, hey, he's running across, seeing the ball, attacking it, jumping off one leg, interception come. He's just an athletic guy. So that's why I agree with you with this guy, man. I think he's he's one man, of Man, we're the talking career. to a defensive end, and he's talking about ball skills. He must be something you used to seeing. You must be uh, used to seeing some cornerback go attack that ball or something. You, it sounds like you know what you're talking about, man. Don't be throwing the people off a little bit. But. No, I thought, hey, I'm just saying, my brother, you go back and look at your film. I'm not trying to put – I'm just saying, look at your film. It wasn't about breaking. Sometimes it's about getting that ball, man, and – He's able ball. to get that ball like that, and that's impressive. Like, wow, I don't see that too often nowadays. He goes and gets the ball, so I really like that. But overall, with the Texans, I think next year they, they mean they still have it. First of all, they still have a chance to make the playoffs this year, but definitely next very year. Small. Right, very small, but it's still so you telling me it's a chance, right? right. <laughs> but overall, I think um, they got a lot of key things in place right now. A few more additions, probably along the O line, maybe, and and some linebackers. Just a few more additions in that in that Texans offense and defense. I think right. they're going to be. I think they'll win the division next year. All right, all right, yeah, I, I'm 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 with that too. I got my money on Texas to win the division. C.J. Right. Stroud probably win MVP, but 
We'll yeah. talk about that next year. You know what I mean? Now, Lions right. versus Vikings. Lions versus Vikings. Man, I think everyone is forgetting about Jared Goff. Let's not forget about Jared Goff. He, let's not, wait, wait, let me rephrase that. Let's okay. not forget about how good Jared Goff is. And we are misappropriating the success for the Detroit Lions. Giving all the credit to Dan Campbell. We are forgetting about Jared Goff and who he is and what he's done, right? Jared Goff led the Rams to the Super Bowl in 2019, but they came up short and they lost to New England 13-3. Don't forget this Jared Goff guy. We keep talking about Dan Campbell and the great job he's doing because he is doing a great job. But Jared Goff, he is a Super Bowl quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. And then, right, as he leads the Rams to the Super Bowl, the Rams decided he wasn't good enough to, to be the starting quarterback on the team anymore. So they traded Goff to Detroit with a couple of first-round picks, right, for Matthew Stafford to become the starting quarterback for the Rams, right? Now, for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, this is some very valuable experience for this team to have on a team, being that they're not used to winning or playing postseason football. Jared Goff comes in there, being that he'd been to the Super Bowl, went through the playoffs already. A lot of people don't recognize that, right? So this is going to be very important. I like I I, I kind of counted Detroit out. I can't count them out now because of the experience that I, I forgot. Now I realize that what's driving this team is an experienced quarterback who's been to the Super Bowl with another team. And the only reason he's at this team because they made a swap and they feel like he couldn't get the job done. So Hey man, let's stop. Let's not forget about Jared Goff and stop giving all the credit to Dan Campbell because Jared Goff, he is playing amazing and he is reviving his career over there. And and you know everybody else at the Detroit Lions too, they are playing good overall. But I had to single Jared Goff out because I don't see him getting enough attention and enough recognition because he is a Super Bowl quarterback. You know, right. talk to me. Right. Well, if you look at his stats from um yesterday, it's thirty for forty. Um. 267 yards, right? That's solid. Now, I don't know if it's Cam Newton's game manager solid because he did, he didn't turn the ball over, but he well, yeah, he didn't turn the ball over, had one touchdown. But overall, he's come in to Detroit and made this team relevant. It was so many years everybody laughed about Detroit, but now everybody's looking at Detroit Lions like, "Wow, they're pretty good or they're starting to bet." And if you ever want to know what the trend is, look and see who teams or people who they're betting with with fantasy and Detroit is one of the most highly rated fantasy um, picks out there with all their players they got Jamar Gibbs with the running back who's very dynamic he's, Ooh, he's I like that I, I like him boy <laughs> Hey, he's he gonna tough. be something to be reckoned with too coming up in the future in the NFL too. He's fast, right. shifty, agile, strong. I like him. I like him. I like him. And, and aggressive at the same time. He's like almost a throwback Alvin Kamara back in the day when Alvin came in the league. Like <laughs> a young, he's like, young. Yeah, a young one, man. So I, I really like them, and I, I really like the receiver. Um, James James Williams, William Jameson. James, and then it's um St. Brown, that kid. Yeah. He had over 100 yards. He's very consistent. So all of their senators on that on that um team are are clicking pretty good. So you add those offensive players and stars and playmakers, then you mm -hmm. add the toughness of their defense. You know, not giving up a whole lot of Dan Campbell. Plays. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Mm -hmm. It's meshing now. Now you want to say he was offensive. He said he was offensive line coach. Sorry, they say he was offensive line coach, but. Oh. Look like he coaching the defense to me, but go ahead. Right, go right, right. No, up. he's a tough guy. I think he's going to bring that edge. So anytime you got a guy that's a, that's a tough guy that's going to impose their will, then you get you, you got to have that, that quarterback, get you that solid foundation quarterback, quarterback, you got a good recipe, man, for a successful team. I like the Lions as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I love the Lions, man. Watch out for the Lions. I don't know if they're going to get it all the way done, but don't forget about Jared Goff. Now, the game of the week everybody been waiting for. Cowboys versus the Dolphins, right? Cowboys versus the Dolphins. In this game, we had two of the most criticized quarterbacks in the NFL facing off, right? The loser of this game will be heavily criticized today. But I'm hoping that not that's not true because they both played well and on an elite level. And at times when they team needed them, they showed up, right? But on the first 
Red zone attempt for the Cowboys. They fumbled the ball and turned the ball over to the Dolphins. And that's typical Dallas Cowboys football this time of the year. It seems like the Cowboys are about to end this season the same way they always do in Cowboys' typical fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Something weird to end their season, and it's happening again, right? But like I said, I was very proud of both of these quarterbacks. They get a, they take a lot of flack, a lot of flack for, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is about these two quarterbacks, why people constantly criticize them. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Dak that, that Prescott needs to get the job done and lead that team to a Super Bowl because that's what they are waiting on. And um, for this game, for this game, um, uh, Dallas, what did I say about Dallas, man? Yeah, they got to get younger. They got to get some get some younger, fresh legs in there. You know, I'm not going to say where and how, but right. um, they got to get tougher in the inside. Like I always say, not enough role players. They're letting the insides get gutted out, right? You can have all the flashy Michael Parsons. He does good. He plays good. He always does good and shows up, right? He's a he's a north and south player. He, he, he plays with speed. He, nobody can outrun him. He's going to chase the ball down from anywhere, right? He can blitz. You can put him at linebacker. But where are the guys that just stuff the middle and not worried about the sacks, right? Because right. everybody want to get sacks. But you need the role players. And this is, you know, I I take a lot of slack for, for the Bill Belichick. And they, but I, I'm going to give him his credit. This is where Bill Belichick thrives at. He understands how to get role players and put them in position to be successful. This is where Coach Belichick is best at. Now, on the other hand, he don't like the flashy players, so he will he can put together a, a great defense time in and time out. But when it's time to put together an offense, he want, he's still looking for these role players, and that can't happen. You need these athletes, these playmakers. You need them everywhere. You need them all over the team. But in some places, in some instances, you need – those role players and um that's where dallas is failing at in my opinion everybody's a superstar you put on that star on your helmet and you feel like you're a superstar and no one is doing their role their job to help i mean the role players not doing their role to help the team win you know what i mean so that's my thoughts on 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 the cowboys and this is a big setback for them and this will this shows who you truly are because this was a big, big game and they needed this game for, for the morale of the team. But, you know, talk to me. Yeah, they just had to come out and win that game. Like, it was so close, man. Like, at some point, yeah, we're so close. We make it to the playoffs. We were so close and we lose. The Cowboys just had to come in and win that game, my brother. And then yeah. Mike Parsons, he did a great job. And they had a couple of questionable calls that it seemed like was going against them. And it yeah. might be a thing of the Every quarterback. week. Every right, game. Right. It, he kept hitting the quarterback, but it wasn't really late, but it's like kind of aggressive. So they kind of. Man, disgusting. That's right. disgusting, man. And those are pivotal moments because they, they stopped Miami, right? It was fourth down and they right. backed up and they called the flag on them and gave them the ball back, right? And he that's put his huge. elbow in his back, bro. His head didn't even hit him. Right. You know, that's and that, crazy. Those, those are swing plays that are huge that definitely could have helped them out. But as a DN, let me be honest, I'm biased, but at the same time, be honest. You know when you want to deliver. Like, Granted, I think everybody knows the kind of stuff Tua went through, including the referees. So they're going to try to help him out, right? So everybody knows that. And then when Michael Parsons hit him, they're like, it's too aggressive. So they call it, it was a too aggressive hit. That's what it was. They used to uh, hurry up and taking them flags out of the pocket every time they see something aggressive, even though it's football. <laughs> like, you know, it's like they're going to get an F when they get graded by the uh, by the NFL offices. You know what I mean? Because you know the right. referees get graded after every game. You know, shout out to Rodney Harris. Rodney, if y'all ain't know, Rodney was uh, about to be a referee. And then he, uh, he went into commentating and broadcasting. But they get graded after every game. So they're going to throw that flag before they don't throw that flag. Believe mm-hmm. that if you don't believe nothing else, right? But, like, I would like, for, for the Dolphins, right, I would like Tua, tongue of a lord, to be more patient in the pocket, right? And on his timing routes, he is playing with the timing in his head to get rid of the ball, right? And he needs to play, let the plays play out a little bit longer. 
and not rush his throws in some instances, right? But they have a great team and a great dynamic. And Mike McDaniels, he designed some awesome plays for this team, right? And he's the perfect fit for Tua Tungavaloa, along with Tyreek Hill, right? And mm-hmm. But Tyreek Hill is the biggest reason for the success of, of Tua, in my opinion, right? right. And um, he makes life real easy for, for, for that quarterback, for Tua, like he would any quarterback. Mm-hmm. But for Mike McDaniels, man, the way he designed his offense, one, that, that was it a, a, I think it was like a third down and goal or maybe a two-point conversion. Um, the running back motioned left, then he motioned right back, right, he stayed in the backfield and went out, you know, in, into the flats. Then he had three crosses coming and two crosses. I mean, it was it was amazing. The play call, his play designs are amazing, man. So he is going going to be one of the the uh, the great offensive coordinators in the future, man. I'm telling you, man. And if he and the way he builds his team, it's a horizontal run offense and a quick rhythm passing game. The way he's building his team and and and, and putting athletes on the field for this team for what he wants. Oh man, this is such a recipe for success. He know he needs speed for the horizontal run game, and you know, for the quick passing right. rhythm game. And yeah, I, I like I, I love what Mike McDaniel's is doing, man. He's doing a great job. But Tua, Tua stepped up, man. Tua stepped up, did an amazing job. He led his team to victory. He hit the passes when he needed to. He showed up. Um, you know, everybody can get better. We can always criticize. You know, EP, he's going to give us the stats. Right. But um, like I said, just be a little bit more patient in the timing. Don't have an automatic timer and, and, and have it set to go off. Let the plays develop a little bit longer in some instances. You know, some instances was perfect, but in others, let it play out a little bit longer. That's what I want to see from Tua Tonga Valor. But what you yeah, got, with, brother? With Tua, man, he went 24 for 37, which is pretty good. And then he um, threw for two hundred and ninety-three yards, which is basically three hundred. So you can't you can't say that he didn't do a good game. He did a good game yesterday. He targeted. Now you know when his buddy out there, when his buddy is out there, he's gonna target him. And he threw that ball to he where he caught nine passes for ninety-nine, right, Tyree? Mm. But just not how many times he threw it. But that helps out the whole plan. That helps out the whole game plan because you gotta account for Tua and Tyreek on the back end. So you know what that does? That lets the running game come through. Opens and up the, the guy Raheem, Mont, how do you say his name? Most, most start. Most, most, yeah. Most. Of, he's been very efficient this year, man. Like he's been running the ball up and down the field. That that's just clicking on all cylinders. So I like Tua, man. I think what they're doing is good. I actually feel like they're gonna be, and I'm biased because I'm from Florida. I think they're gonna be in the Super Bowl. And I want to see him in there. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think they got what it takes, man. But, you know, it's some big heavy hitters in the AFC between the um, Ravens and Kansas City. But I like what they bring into the table right now. Yeah, we'll see. So, like I say, man, I'm a cornerback. Uh, uh, I'm an expert at the cornerback. So, I look at cornerbacks all the time. So, you know, I'm always talking about cornerback. Don't think I'm hating because I'm being a critic. I give respect when it's due and I'm a critic when it's time. And, you know, I, and, and Jalen Ramsey, when it, that game he had two interceptions, that was a great game. That was an awesome game. But for Jalen Ramsey, man, it seems he keeps a, a rabbit foot in his back pocket or something because, you know, he get bailed out a lot after giving up petition to game winning touchdowns in, in games. If y'all don't remember against the Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady when he played for the Rams and stuff like that. But yeah, he gave up the crucial touchdown uh, towards the end of the game and two of them had to drive back and, you know, save the day. But big time players need to step up in big time play in big time games. And, you know, especially if you're going to do the talking and you, you know, you're a show out and, you know, you, you know, you want all the attention. So just show up. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing to it. Ain't it's just that's just the way it is, right? Right. But right. you know what I mean. So you know, shout out to Ramsey. Um, right. Ain't picking on him. I'm just right. you know just I, just bringing I like something Ram- up. You know what I mean? I put I put Ramsey. I, I see what you're saying with the rabbit's foot in the back pocket because the kid some kind of way still shows up to make a big. It's almost like ah oh, Ramsey average. He going to do something to make you be like. Oh, there go that boy Ramsey. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I can respect that he's a playmaker. I think he's an athlete. 
I think a lot of put a lot of people put him as this like a lockdown, shutdown corner early in his career, but he may just be that athletic playmaker guy, and that's fine. Like it's cool, but that's he, definitely he's what he is. Right, that's definitely what he is. And I tweeted out that I'm gonna make a, a technique tape before my time is expired on this earth because a lot of people need to understand technique. But but for Ramsey, right? Like you say, he's a great athlete. He's probably one of the best athletes, you know what I mean, at, at probably to play the corner position, right? Now, I do expect Ramsey to come up big for this team at some point in the playoffs because I'm a believer in him, right? But mm -hmm. if you don't show up, I'm, you know, that's just I got to talk about it. Um, but I do expect him to show up big because I had him in my top two, you know, top five duos with him and um, uh, Xavier, Xavier Howard. So mm -hmm. I do expect Ramsey to come up big whether it's blitzing, tackling, force farmers, getting that ball. But that's right. what I want. I want to see him get that ball, especially in the playoffs. Because we all want to see the Dolphins potentially in the Super Bowl or playoffs right. and, and have a good time down here. So, you know, right. Ramsey, yeah, Ramsey has to step up for that defense because, you know, he's the number one corner and that's, you know, that's what they paid him for. Hey, question. If the, if the Dolphins do go to the um, Super Bowl or whatnot, and they got a big time playoff. This say playoffs. They got a big time home game. Can I stay there at the house, please? Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, brother. <laughs> Might have to kick the family out. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> kick the wifey out. <laughs> you heard no, of? No, I never go have it. <laughs> hey, so we got a game. We got a game coming up on uh, in a few minutes, man. In a couple hours at four o'clock Eastern, right? Yeah. We got this Eagles versus Giants game, right? And you know, I'm an Eagles fan. That's my team. But what is going on with the Eagles and what do they need to do to, to get everything together, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a must-have for game for the Eagles. They need to win this game with all the criticism and doubt that's going on with this team, right? They need to get back to playing Eagles football, physical on the offensive side of the ball, running the ball up and down people's throat, along with Jalen Hurts running that ball. But for Jalen Hurts... This is the NFL, and this is a long season. Jalen Hurts has to figure out how to play through injuries and not let these injuries affect him mentally because we all know when you get hurt, now you have nagging injuries. You think about them all the time. That's what Jalen Hurts has to do. He has to take those uh those painkillers. I don't know. I don't know if I could say those the shots and everything that we used to take back in the day, but he needs to load up on those painkillers and whatever shots you're giving and, and let it go. Forget about everything. Don't go play timid. Don't act like if any, if anything is bothering you and just go be aggressive, right? Because if you're out there, you must perform. If you go choose to be the starter on the team and, 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 and don't stay and say you're hurt, you must perform, right? Right. And on the back end, there's a lot of young players filling in and it's important, you know, this is an important time of the season for these young players to start meshing along with the defensive coordinator that situation is just bizarre to me like uh they saying uh sean decide doesn't have confidence hmm. and and things like that and the players seeing that stuff i mean that's and then they hired matt patricia to to take over the plays that kind of threw yeah. me off you know because yeah. i'm not a big matt patricia fan but everybody get get a chance right everybody get right. a chance so that's that's my keys for this game for for the for the philadelphia eagles they it's all on Jalen hurts the secondary gonna find gonna eventually get it together you know mm -hmm. when, when you're doing so bad you only, only up is <laughs> only up only way is to go is up from there so Jalen hurts is my game breaker. He needs to go to that game and let go of everything. He needs to not be affected mentally by the nagging injuries that everyone have and 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 just go out and flourish and be Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Right. I think, I, uh, I think I think the Eagles, I think they are riding. I think um, it's crazy because they got the little Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. So beginning of the year, everybody's riding high, right? Then it's a long season. It's not even 16 weeks no more. It's 17 weeks of football now. So now, you know, that third quarter of the season is like, 
whoa, what's going on with the Eagles? What's this? And then, like you said, a couple injuries set in. So now we're at the quarter, the fourth quarter, and it's like, hey, it's time to go. We got to get playoffs. Not even get to the playoffs. We're going to be in the playoffs, but we got to be rolling when we get there. We can't be a D. We can't be descending. We got to be ascending up. Right. Once we get in the playoffs, and everybody's getting nervous, like, oh, shoot, are they going to be out the first round, or do they have what it takes? And I do think they got to regroup, but I think they got to regroup through the line. I think they got too cute, almost like the Cowboys. They got to get that that defensive line, got to get back biting, holding it down, right? Nothing coming through the middle. I think on offense, they got to get back to just running that ball. Jalen has to be a part of the running game, no doubt. He can't just sit back there and throw it. So they just got to regroup, but I think it got to start through the line of scrimmage. And it'll be interesting. I do think they're going to get this win today, though, against the Giants. They, they better. They better. If they don't get this win today and they let this uh, Tommy DeVito or whatever, whatever the backup quarterback <laughs> name is from the Giants win, man, we are in a whole heap of trouble. But like I say, it all comes down to Jalen Hurts. He is the X factor. He is the winner. I always said Jalen Hurts is the winner. Like I say, let go of the adversity all the nagging injuries, and don't let it affect you. Just go out there and be you, and the Eagles will be back to it. And they got to play physical. They can't right. forget to be physical. Right. That's but I want to shift gears. Let's shift gears. I want to revisit this Simone Biles situa- situation, right? The okay. conversation where Jonathan owns her, Simone's husband, claims he had no idea sh- who she was, and he was the catch because she drove multiple miles to see him. This is another perplexed situation for me, right? But right. I didn't say this last time, and now I, as I thought about it, I could like sit on, sit on it and and think about it, right? For 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 Jonathan, the husband. You mean to tell me there wasn't anything that gave him the smallest inclination that this lady, this young lady, was a, a famous gymnast with with Google and social media and all this kind of technology out. It was nothing that gave him inclination that this lady was a gymnast. The biggest gymnast in the world, in the history of gymnasts. That 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 part was kind of hard for me to believe, right? I'm so, going to call cap I, on it. Huh? I'm going to call cap on that one. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to kind of like, man, I don't know, man. 275, <laughs> 275, baby. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> man, I'm going to call cap on that just to be like, you didn't have any inclination that that was her. But like then on the other hand, then on the other hand, you got the young athletes moving around. Uh, you know, you're coming into a new life, NFL. Right. You're probably not really paying attention. You're probably talking about four or five girls. Who knows? You, you might have missed. But if you're going to drive four or five hours to go see somebody, I'm sure you at least Googled them if you had right. no clue who that was, right? Well, at least on the app that they were on, that they met on, Raya, Raya, it's four uh-huh. famous people. So you're kind of misleading with that one by saying I didn't know who she was because if you're on an app for famous people, you know she's somebody famous. So even right. if you didn't know, you knew by the time, before you do, before anybody drove five hours, they knew exactly who they was dealing with. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like a blind date. I don't, he's giving, he's giving vibes like he was trying to say it was a blind date. It wasn't a blind date. He kind of knew exactly who he was as who she was at some point. What's wrong with him? He don't want to he, he don't want to accept that he knew who she was. He don't want to seem like a groupie. No, bro, he don't want to take that back seat. Like <laughs> he got a he got an ego. Like you don't want to be like nothing cuz they calling him Simone Bowles' husband. A lot of people don't even know his name. <laughs> it's Owens number 1. So he's trying to fight, son. He's trying to, he's scratching to get out that back seat. Like, no, no. Nah, I was the pet. I was and he may be in a lot of people's world but they attacking him saying, nah, bro, Simone is the Simone. Like, nah, sit, so, so, sit so, so that's a question for, 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 for us men. I want to know how you would feel about that. Let's let's call your your, your wife, uh, and say you're married and call your wife Christine. What if everybody said, that's Christine's husband right there? How would you feel? Don't even know your name. How would that make you feel? You had to take the back seat. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I would have a problem with it because. I wouldn't let a lot of outside stuff distract me, and especially when you run the house and you know what's going on. You know, as long as you're not following behind and giving off, you're just following, you know, you're not the leader. <laughs> but if the wife is way more famous, I'm not fighting. I'm not trying to know. I'm the catch. I, I, I probably wouldn't do that. But in the public, everybody going to know 
he's the leader though. There's never gonna be a discussion about that. Man, they ride him so bad on TikTok and all that. They just start Googling <laughs> his salary, talking about he was an undrafted free agent to this team because this team didn't even want him. Then he went to the practice squad and this team didn't even want him as a girl. She don't, she don't understand <laughs> football. So they just go off like this team didn't even want him. So he had to go over here and, and this team didn't even want him. <laughs> hey, hey, no, that's hey, people real. crazy, man. Like, people when you look crazy. at it, you know, you got to look at it from different windows. So when you look at it from that perspective, Simone Biles definitely is to catch it from that Damn. perspective. But, that ain't what it is, though, son. You ought to know egos, and he has an ego now because he's in the league. He's in the NFL, so he's not like an average guy. Like He's not a plumber. So at the end of the day, I it's equal now. I would say it's equal now. I, wouldn't, I For where he's at now, I wouldn't give it all to Simone. But she made a good point about being practice squad and catching Simone. That was kind of... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay, but I want to know. I want to know for women, like, since this is a subject and everybody is raised everybody eyebrows and all that good stuff, I want to know what are the stand- standards. But let me start it up. What I want to know what are the standards that a woman is supposed to uphold looking for a relationship or a partner. But this mm-hmm. is where I see the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. To me, right? To me, it seems like only ten percent of the world is looking for love, while the other ninety percent have agendas or you know some hidden agendas. What makes a man or a woman want to spend a significant time of their life together, right? For a woman, though, we all, you know, understand the main thing is usually security, right? Women want security. But I want to know what everybody thinks. What are, what makes a man and a woman connect and want to spend a significant time together? But what does a woman want specifically, what are the main things that a woman want, right? Because we see right. women on social media all the time claiming they refuse to settle because they know they're worth. Right. What does a woman want? They refuse to settle because they know they're worth. How does a woman determine her worth and at the same time make a man love her or want to spend the rest of their life with, with her? And vice versa for a man. So that's my question. These women out here with, you know, I see it on, on social media. Oh, my standard is this. I need a 6'5 guy. Oh, I need a guy making six figures. I need a guy to this and got that. What if the guy is 6'5 making six figures and he don't got no motherfucking feelings? He don't even know how to connect. He come in the house and don't even talk. You know what I mean? What if right. he don't even know how to lead? What if he just is just a, a jock? You know what I mean? Right. You, it, I think that's where we getting confused and the blind is leading the blind. We got to understand what we're looking for and what will help us grow and become better individuals in life. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for leaders, people to help us grow, whether it's a man or it's a woman. You got to stop with all these standards. If your standard, yeah, my standard is happiness. I want somebody right. that's going to help me grow, somebody that's going to love me, somebody I can love on back. That should be the standards, not all this six, five. 225, 165, uh, wear a size 12. Man, we 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 getting we getting too too caught up in all this other stuff, man. We gotta stay focused out here. Cause cause us men, we gotta, we gotta change the world, man. And it's up to us. You know right. what I mean? And if we don't, whoo. <laughs> hey, bro, brother, I'm gonna say this. And I know we just starting off, so I don't want to get too far on the left hand side, but it is say what you need, what needs to be said. So I'm going to try to say this without a pause moment, right? (laughs) But some of the consensus are saying he's saying he's the catch because um, a lot of females, it's a Channing Crowder moment, a lot of females think he got the eyes. (laughs) He he got a lot of females, right? Like he could have them, right? And then they're saying take away all of the accolades, which is Mm -hmm. cool going into a relationship, but take all the 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 um celebrity all that stuff out it's just two normal people now he seems like he really in love with her like i've seen them come out the locker room he's looking at her he's waiting for her. i agree i agree but i've agree. seen her and i'm trying not to get on nobody bad side <laughs> but she is literally five one <laughs> one ten so what you trying to say <laughs> So when people say he's the catch, <laughs> if you take away the celebrity part, he like he got to really. 
I might want to leave that alone, you know, but you get what I'm trying to say. So he really loves her, and that's what's important. And they stop me to start with the Simone Biles talking about she. See, like, see, like my brother EP got standards over there. He ain't dating nobody five one or, or shorter, you know. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that's your standard, brother. You just made your standard. You just hide the issue. But if you like a thick. Or something with a little that ain't you like what you, BBLs? you like a big no, nah, I don't I like, you like it, it don't matter. Okay. I, I I guess you would probably have to see for what I'm trying to say, but I'm just letting you know that he really loves her, and that's good. That's all that matters. He, <laughs> he and that's all that matters. They love each other. That's right, no matter if she's five one or not. It ain't got nothing to do with the height. I'm, I'm maybe I threw it left with the height. <laughs> but listen, what I'm trying to say is I agree with you, and the world needs to look at the love aspect as a, opposed to somebody deserves somebody because it's celebrity. They talk. Right? Yeah. It's just they love each other. That's just stick right there. <laughs> hey, all right, all right. Yeah. But on the other hand, Ooh, on the other hand, right? I, 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 I'm thinking I'm going to get a whole lot of. I know you ain't talking. They can probably put old kind of old pictures of me right now, which is fine. Yeah. I'm gonna get some heat. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say love is important. I ain't trying it's to say probably that. gonna yeah, it could probably come before you criticize you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I stand on that. I stand on um men, men, us men. Man, we can change the world. We can help this world become a better place just off our leadership, learning how to be a better leader, let go of our ego, our pride learning how to communicate, and what does a leader ultimately do? A leader ultimately makes everyone around him better, whether it's your wife, your sister, your brother, your daughters, your kids, whoever it is. So that's what we have to do in this world to make this world better and help our women out, man. Our, our single women, we, we we all grew up, you know, mama, we love our mama. Some of us right. in single households, some of us in married households. So we can take that initiative as men and and do better in this world and 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 don't take advantage of women, man. You know what I mean? Let's do right. better at that. Yeah, you know I, mean? I I applaud you on that one. And I definitely wholeheartedly agree that men leaders should we should do better, brother. Yeah, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, a woman will submit to a man that is a good leader. Ain't no doubt about it. Ain't no question about it. That's all they waiting for. They got all that screaming, all that rah-rah, act like they tough, you know, this and that. You show them that you can lead and make them better and help them grow and y'all grow together. That lady will submit, I promise you. So it's all the men out there that saying there ain't no women out there to find. Yes. If you learn how to lead and you let go of your pride and ego and ain't all about you and your selfish ways and go right. out and help lead a woman. She will submit to you, brother. That's all you got to do. Learn how to be a leader. A leader is not because you're selfish and you can tell somebody what to do. No, that's not what a leader is. Anybody could tell somebody what to do, especially if you got money. A leader holds themselves accountable first. You know what I mean? You look at yourself in the mirror first before you point the picture at anyone. That's what leaders do. The bad leader's going to point the fingers and say, it's your fault. It's your fault. That's what that's what the bad leaders do. So the women ain't going for none of that. You know what I mean? They can see right through. It might last a little while, but a good leader, a woman will submit to you. You know what I mean? Right. But and on, my, on my question hand. is, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. My question is, when a guy says a woman, what, what exactly? I think guys are confused on what they're looking for. When they say a woman, do they want a fine girl? Do they want a pretty girl to find? Like, they don't really know a lot of the guys what they really want do you just want to clean do you want a household to be ran like you got it and we can be lucky right to get it all what we want but you gotta still regardless of what you want and nobody's judging you want a fine girl that makes you happy that's fine you want a pretty girl that makes you happy that's fine but i think sometimes they guys mix up the two and they try to put it all together and they don't know themselves so there's no way to lead somebody you don't know who you are that's the yeah. number one is to have a foundation brother yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the standard, too. You know what I mean? They're acting like they know what they want and don't know what they want. And that's, you know, part of the problem. Men, you know, looking for fine, looking for the big booty, looking for this. Where's the woman that's going to be able to lead your family? Where's right. the one that's going to be able to hold a family down that you trust and you can go do all the things you need to do and everything is going to be in place and held down when you get back? You know what I right. mean? Don't get beside yourself, you know? Men, stay focused, baby. 
Yeah. I'm gonna, I might surprise you with this one. I might surprise you with this one. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. What's up with the brother Antonio Brown? He been, you know, he been attacking people for, for the last couple of years, and he's just all over the place, right? But Antonio Brown, this has to be the highest level of narcissistic, narcissistic behavior we have ever seen, right? If you didn't know or didn't hear, he recently attacks Michael Irvin because Mike Mike left him off the top five Mount Rushmore list of receivers. And he tells Mike Mike, Michael Irvin, he is a F word. Mm. Homophobic. I ain't gonna, I'm gonna say the word. Being homophobic, right? Type of behavior. And then tells Mike to go lay off the drugs. Mm. Y'all didn't hear that. This is what Antonio Brown is telling Michael Irvin. All because Michael Irvin left him left his name off his Mount Rushmore list, right? That's just crazy. How do you have to attack somebody personally because they opinion don't have you in the top five of their list, right? But I want to bring a point because I want people to recognize and see. Offensive players are a different breed when they compare it to defensive players. You know what I mean? By the way they act and character and stuff, right? Because, man, Antonio Brown, he has no filter, and he he's pretty much self-destructing, man. He could still be playing football right now, but he chose not to. He ruined his career. He stopped his career, but he will never say that. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean by narcissistic behavior. And when I say the leaders, you got to stay away from the narcissistic behavior. Those people aren't trying to lead nothing. They don't want nothing around them to grow and prosper. So you got to understand to figure out how to figure out the difference and, and whatnot. You know what I mean? So I don't know if you heard about that story, brother. Yeah. But Man, I'm thinking like he just lacks accountability, all the talent in the world. And for him to be Mount Rushmore, put it like this, in the top five Mount Rushmore athletic-wise, yeah, sure. all day. But I think it's more to it than that. And plus, what you're saying with Michael Irvin, that's his list. How are you going to tell this man what he should put on his list? Everybody has different opinions. And he came from the wide receiver position, so he may be admiring something from someone else that he figured was more validated than what you did over your six, seven, eight years. So, and it's wrong to attack someone for giving their opinion. Now, if he attacked... um. If he attacked them, if Michael Irvin attacked them and told said something personal about him, he's an a-hole or he's this, then all right, you got your rebuttal and staying like, but he just he from from what I'm hearing, he just talked about football, like and this my Mount Rushmore, and you go off on this dude like that. And it's very weird. But I think he's in a bad place though, man. He's made a lot of bad decisions. He's uncomfortable, he's unstable, probably got a little CTE going on. I'm not using that as an excuse, as I say, but it's it's bad. He's just in a bad place, man. I hope the brother gets some help, man. I hope he get it right, man. Right. Moving on, boxing, boxing. All the boxing fans out there. Y'all don't know Deontay Wilder loses this to Joseph Parker, and you might not know who that is. But, man. I don't know who it is. See this fight, it was a very miserable fight for Wilder, right? His boxing skills are finally catching up with him. I can't even say they are diminished anything like that because his he didn't really never have the boxing skills, right? But when Wilder is unable to land his lethal right hand power punch to end the fight, he is forced to box. And that was never his forte. We all know that. And Wilder never, Wilder never dominated fights. In fact, he is usually losing his fights on the scorecards before he would land that signature bomb squad right hand and end the fight, right? I don't think anyone in history had a more lethal right hand power punch than Deontay Wilder. And you're going to say there's some heavy hands out there, but um, Deontay Wilder probably has go down in history as the strongest right hand. But, man, I just wish he would have developed some boxing skills because I think he has a lot more in the tank and he could have been one of those... Uh, uh, pre I mean, he was a premier elite boxer, but just on a different bracket, man, because of that lethal right hand... He depended on it so much, and 
you know, and it's finally catch up with him and he can't land it. So I, I wanted to see, I want to see him box, man. I want to see him put some combination together, move, you know what I mean? But I don't think we're going to ever get to see that out of Deontay Wilder. And, you know, unfortunately, this is probably going to be the end. And Anthony Joshua fight is now off the table because that piss poor performance. And they see that they can't, the promoters see they can't put that show on for their crowd. Well, give me your thoughts on that, man, because I was disappointed, man. I'm trying to figure out where to start with this, but as you say, Deontay Wilder, he never really had the the skill set as a boxer that you would want to see, but he was exciting. He was exciting, knocking dudes out, but his boxing matches never looked good. I think at some point he was progressing, right? He used to just go out there and swing, and he started throwing the jab more, right? Maybe like eight years ago, then he just started progressing. But when this last fight, it's like he just went, Back to beginner phase, dude. He literally started throwing hammer fists like son. He was in the corner. They, they... <laughs> no, I'm talking about like Lennox Lewis was like, I never seen that in boxing, man. Like he started throwing like this on the dude. It's like, what are you doing? So at the end of the day, I think he's just he he's too much of an ego to allow somebody to come in. I think he needs yes men behind him. I think he has some of that Antonio Brownish in him. Like, I'm the man and you're going to do what I say and all of this stuff. And he really believed he was an elite boxer until he met Tyson Fury. Once you get hit, knocked out, sometimes you never can recover. And it seems like while he's fighting, he's worried about getting knocked out to where he don't even want to do no offense because he's protecting himself from trying to get knocked out. And I don't mm -hmm. even think he got tired. That was his thing. Stamina was his big thing for a while. And I don't think he ever got tired, for real. I just think he just stayed in the shell, bro. And it's, mm -hmm. and I don't know why, bro. I, I'm like, maybe it's because it's in Saudi Arabia when it was 1 o'clock in the morning over there. Um, maybe he really didn't want to fight, but them Saudis put up millions of dollars just to get a check. And he was like, i just do it. I don't know what it is, but it, it looked bad, bro. Like, I don't... Yeah. yeah, that was a bad display. That was a bad performance, man. That was, you know, that was a bad tape just to put out, like we would say right. on the football field. That was bad tape, man. I want to surprise you with another conversation, man. I, and we, I have, I have yeah. a question for you before we go real quick. I was talking about this between with our boxer friend. People don't know we have a professional boxing friend named Travis Walker, right? And we talked about this the other day. And my question was this, because he believes, he just like, Travis hit me with, if you if a football player has a bad game, do you just say he should retire? Like, he's just a bad fight. And I was like, hold on, football, <laughs> boxing is different. A bad game in football, we go home to our kids like, boy, I'm going to get right next week. A bad boxing match where you're getting hit flush, it might end your life. So, Yes, if you're not putting up or got the mustard to go, it's probably time to retire. But my question to him was this. You had some experience with Travis and helping him out in his career when he thought he knew everything and you came in to help. Do you think if you was in Wilder's corner, just say maybe not even a main trainer, but could get some of the mental stuff in there, do you think you could help him as a coach or a trainer? Yeah, I definitely think I could help him, but like it's just any, it's just like anybody else. You, they would have to to believe and trust, and uh, I think that'd be the hardest part for people to, to do. Like for Trap, you know, he had professional boxing coaches his, his whole career, and it took me weeks to make me to make him believe in me when I was showing him the things that he was doing wrong. Because I'm a technique specialist, I'm a technician, and everything you do. There's a technique to it. So I, I always like to learn the technique and the best way to do things. And I, and I think that's my gift from God. But, yeah, that's what it would take. And I definitely think I can definitely would help out. You know what I mean? Travis was in the boxing before you came along for maybe 15 years. And he was like, man, when Zunt coached me, it was some stuff I had never heard of, even though I had all these trainers before. It's some stuff he had me doing I just never did before, man. I wish I had him when I was 21. So. I honestly think, yeah, I think you would help Wilder with some mental. Everybody needs, they might not they might not admit it, but people need a strong leader to say, hey, you need to do this. Trust me, go do this, and we're gonna do this. And I think that's probably I think you would help him. But guys, and you know, with the Floyd Mayweathers and the Deontay right. Wilder. Who am I? Who am I? I'm not even box professional, you know what I mean? So right. 
you know what I mean? If y'all didn't know either, I never I never ran track, but I'm, I'm coaching champions and I'm doing hurdles too, you know, to champions, straight champions. Never never even ran a track, never did a hurdle. So it's all, like I said, I know how to learn tech, the technique. I'm a technician. That's how I got 51 and 57 interceptions in the, in the postseason because I'm a technician. I know how to learn the technique. And I got the swag for it too, you know what I mean? But uh. That's all good. Right. I had another. I had another uh, subject. I think I lost my train of thought, though. I can't can't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, you got anything else? No, nah, bro. Brother? I mean, we've been rolling, man. It's a good show today, man. On the Christmas, yeah, man. We roll. We here for y'all. Christmas, we here. Like we said, Christmas happened to fall on a Monday. We here. You know what I mean? We appreciate y'all for tuning in, showing up, and showing out for us. You know what I mean? Uh. Let's see if I got anything else to say before I go. Before I go, anything else? Uh, well, I tell you, we showed up. We dedicated, man. And like you said, we're going to keep building. And we want everybody, we want all y'all out there to grow with us as we go. We're going to keep getting more entertaining. And we're going to keep adding more subjects, too. I like I like stepping away from the sports sometimes and going into other things as well. Because a lot of people have questions. They want to they wanna learn. Hey, what's to say? Learn life, my brother. Yeah, that's what we're here for, to learn life, man, to help. You know, help everybody try to be better in life and, and try to help build more leaders in the world. Like I could say, because I, I really think that is where the world lacks the leadership and not the dictator type shit, dictator type shit, shit. You know what I mean? Um, You know, real leaders, you know, who really want to see people grow pure hearts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, man. Say what needs to be said. Make sure y'all leave some comments. Whatever y'all need us to touch on, it could be anything in life, sports, in life, anything. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna touch on it and we're gonna give you our thoughts. And we're gonna always say what needs to be said. Oh, this is what I want to say. This is okay. what I wanted to say. What you got? We Last go. conversation. Yeah. NIL deals, brother. The NFL is giving out NIL deals, if y'all didn't know. And um, I wanted to do this story and I wanted to talk about it, but I wanted to wait till my boy, my my brother, OBJ, Odell Beckham, go off, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Odell Beckham, he signed the $18 million NIL deal with the Baltimore Ravens, if y'all didn't know. Name, image, and likeness. <laughs> because if y'all didn't know, the year before that, he did a physical, and he didn't have a, a ACL. <laughs> Odell was playing without an ACL. That's crazy. And then the doctor came in and found out and they had to repair it. Then he went and signed with the Ravens. I don't know if the ACL, if you had an ACL then or the, are you able to get an ACL when you don't get an ACL? But he signed to the Ravens without an ACL. So, oh, maybe it was there. So that's mm -hmm. why I like to call it an NIL deal because... Right. That was name, image, and likeness. But, man, shout out to Odell Beckham, man. One of the best athletes to ever come play in the NFL. Man, I love Odell, man. And I'm happy he is starting to go off and, and do his thing. And I hope he get to a to a 1,000 yards. I know he's probably far from it. But, you know, yeah. shout out to uh, Odell, man. All the love and support and blessings to you, brother. Man, I think with Odell, man, um, I'm not blaming. I mean, I think he loves the game. I think he's in the as aspect of life to where he really loves it. And for him to continue to play and do what he loves to do is great. Now, business-wise, I think a lot of teams do this in the name, image, and likeness. I think some teams should do it a little bit more. Um, it was similar to a deal with Tim Tebow, right? It wasn't so much Tim Tebow going to Jacksonville. It was the market. I'm a, they sold a ton of jerseys. Uh, he went to the University of Florida, which is uh, he's going to get 80,000 more people at the game, right? So giving him a chance in his 30s was huge. Giving Odell Beckham a chance at your team is huge, bro. It's huge. Right? Everybody right. loves him. Right. Everybody loves him. Going to bring attention. And he gonna be, as soon as he scores, he's going to be on the highlights. He's going to sell more tickets. Sell more. I'm pretty sure it's a ton of number three jerseys out there right now, Baltimore Ravens, at the game. So maybe they make it back. They spend 18 and get back 50. You feel what I'm saying? I think, it's, I think the NFL is that part of the game now as far as they do marketing. I always said this. I don't know if you agree. And you played under Arthur Blank when you were with the Falcons. I think they should have bought in Cam Newton a long time ago, whether he was good or not. 
put him on the, I think it was Cam Newton probably fought. Well, he claimed on his Funky Friday that Arthur never called him. Yeah. But I think if they brought him in for like a couple million dollars and put him as a third quarterback and he's from Atlanta, it's going to be Pat. You know how many Cam Newton jerseys? These folks are passionate about a black quarterback in Atlanta. I'm saying Michael Vick left. Man, it would be huge. But I don't think they would do it. That's why I think that's where ownerships come in different on how they run their team. Some people believe in making money off a player and marketing-wise, NIL deals. Some teams really be like, nope, we ain't doing it. So I just think that's what Odell fell into that category. Although more than his stats or anything, because I haven't followed him big time, he's happy. He wants to play. Without an without an ACL, he's willing to risk his legs out there <laughs> for this game. And so he's happy, and that's fine. I'm cool with it. And we got to give a shout out to the Ozzy Newton man, keeping that brotherhood and that culture over there. He he know how to draft players. He know what players to get to to keep that brotherhood man. Since uh you know since they back in the 2000s when they was winning the Super Bowl, like I said, he's been building that team from way back then. Um. So shout out to Ozzy Newton. He is the reason for that team around there. So, right. hey, man, we had a good time with y'all today on Christmas. I hope y'all appreciated us showing up and showing out for y'all. And we appreciate y'all, you know what I mean? So, like I said, every Monday and Friday, and then we might sprinkle in some days in between, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, salute y'all, man. See y'all next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.